0: Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society.
1: The global debt uh, bubble is at at its peak, and um, it's becoming apparent, uh, given what's going on across the globe, that Um, we're at the end. And due to that fact, um, we're going to see lots of crazy things in the financial markets. I think uh, we're going to see the credit markets become unhinged, the equity markets become unhinged. Um, You know, the Fed got a reprieve from COVID when they were able to, you know, the cover of COVID print 65% more money um, to keep this thing afloat. But we're at the end end days here. And um, a lot of what you're seeing in the response of global governments is what I believe is um, setting up a system to, um, you know, under the guise of medical tyranny to uh, prevent uh, the riots that are going to ensue once this thing all unwinds. That's my personal belief, and I, I watch what people do know what they say.
2: Greetings, hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour.
0: Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths.
2: I'm Declassified Dave.
0: And I'm Mystery Mike, and as always, we're joined by our very own CFO of Hush Hush Enterprises, Mr. Slick Frank Sanders.
3: Oh, Slick Money Frank Sanders
2: here. What is going on? Money, money, money. I wish we had one of those dollar bill throwing guns right now from Spencer's Gifts. Just... We're
0: going to need those for the strip club. (laughs) Oh,
3: dude. (laughs) But fill it with Monopoly money?
0: <laughs> Said it's a slow mode, though. I only want to spend $15.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we imagine that the world and its citizens are ruled by sinister entities bent on evil at the expense of ordinary people. What if, instead of this shadowy cabal, a publicly traded corporation was in charge of the majority of what we believe, see, consume, and are told?
0: Everything you assume you own, the food you feed your family, and even the misery of a three-year pandemic, all orchestrated from a corporate boardroom.
2: Today, we'll be discussing the world's most powerful enterprise. It's been called the largest shadow bank in the world, and they control the narrative of every aspect of your life. BlackRock has investments in television, agriculture, restaurants, entertainment, real estate, energy, oil, news, manufacturing, airlines, automobiles, travel, technology, fashion, and pretty much anything else you can think of. They have the ability to influence elections, the media, the financial market, and global and
0: domestic policy. It's going to be a big one, Hushling, so strap in. But before we become enthralled into some primetime propaganda, be sure to check us out on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also play some video games with us over on our Twitch channel. Same name, Hush Hush Society. We also invite you over to our Discord server where you, the hushling, can chat with us, the preceptors, about different topics and watch The X-Files. That's right, 300 plus episodes of The X-Files. Mulder and Scully coming at you in our watch party starting Sunday, May 1st at 7pm Eastern Time. So if you need to find our Discord, go to our website, hushhushsociety.com, and it's in the top right corner. You can click on the link and join from there.
2: And for everything Hush Hush Society related, you can go to our website, hushhushsociety.com. There you can find all of our segments from debriefings to declassified discussions and cryptic chronicles. You can also purchase merchandise. A lot of new threads are coming season six. Pepperoni your eyes. Keep them peeled. It's going to be amazing. You can read some hush-hush news and explore other conspiracies in our blog section. You also have the ability to leave that oh-so-special review.
0: Yeah, go on and tell us you love us or you hate us or you want us to quit the show and insert three new hosts every season. You can also easily leave us a star rating on Spotify. And let's not forget a donation of $5 a month will release your earthly soul as you'll ascend to become a true hustling.
3: We are not a cult. In this not cult that Mike is talking about, you will gain access to exclusive debriefings, steamy, steamy Mystery Mike's Cryptid Erotica readings that will surely send a shiver of lust down your spine as well as monthly news in The Frong Factor, including myself and Declassified Dave, as well as merch drops and some early episode releases. You can join at www.patreon.com slash Ah, uh,
0: One more thing before we bust down those conference room doors. We want to thank everyone for your ongoing support and listenership. We have reached a ton of new milestones. We have seen this show grow exponentially in our five seasons of ongoing debriefings plus everything else and for those of you who received our sticker packs we hope you enjoy them and put them everywhere
2: slap them on playgrounds and
0: yeah i prefer to put all our stickers on government-owned property only (laughs) starbucks and starbucks uh just because they're a mega corporation and they like to promote our show hush hush society sponsored by starbucks quick question is it was, it was actually more of a thought that i just had so if we went on to claim that we were sponsored by a certain company are we doing something wrong there like let's say they're not really sponsoring us but every show we opened up and we were like yeah we're sponsored by starbucks is starbucks going to come after us Hushlings,
3: we are in search of a lawyer. That's right. Our podcast is looking (laughs) for a lawyer to answer all of our lawyer-type questions. Please reach out to us and let us know if we can pretend to be sponsored by Starbucks or Walmart or Target or any massive fucking conglomerate, maybe Subway, Eat Fresh.
0: Well,
2: speaking of
0: conglomerates...
2: This debriefing is going to be a little different, as we've never done a deep-dive debriefing without releasing two separate parts, other than our three-part Holocaust Denial series, which is ongoing. There is a lot to unpack here in this audit. Let's begin. Blackstone Financial Management was founded in 1988 by Larry Fink, Robert S. Capito, Susan Wagner, Barbara Novick, Ben Golub, Hugh Freider, Ralph Schlossstein, and Keith Anderson to provide institutional clients with asset management services from a risk management perspective.
0: Their journey began with a $5 million line of credit from Pete Peterson at the Blackstone Group, a large financial management firm based in New York. The Blackstone Group would own nearly 40% of the newly formed company. They would adopt the name BlackRock in 1992, and by the end of the year, they would manage $17 billion in assets, only four years after its inception. $17
2: billion in 1992 is a lot of cash.
0: Especially in such a short amount of time. Four years? That's pretty fucking quick. That's exponential.
2: Over the next fifteen years or so, BlackRock would go on to grow its assets through acquisitions and business growth to close to four hundred billion. Jesus.
0: It's a lot of money, folks. That's a lot of money.
3: In 2008, things got a little bit interesting for BlackRock, as they were hired by the United States government to help with the aftermath of the recent financial crisis, where predatory lending practices to low-income homebuyers were used. The housing bubble absolutely just burst, and an excessive risk-taking by financial institutions all contributed to this economic disaster in which BlackRock was a
0: pillar of kind of a funny thing is that they were hired by the u.s government for something that they were a major part of Mm -hmm. (laughs) contributing to a financial meltdown that they pretty much set in motion or helped to set in motion now they were hired for additional resources to mitigate those issues
2: i asked my mom actually this morning because she works in finance i was like oh
0: Have you ever heard of BlackRock? She goes like, oh,
2: yeah, we have tons of stuff with them. And I'm like, "Okay, that's all I need to know.
0: The Federal Reserve authorized BlackRock to oversee Bear Stearns and American International Group's $130 billion debt settlement. And shortly after, in 2009, BlackRock became the number one asset manager worldwide.
2: There's also two others, Vanguard and State Street. And generally, if you see one or two of them, you're going to see the
0: other every time it's hard to say who is more domineering in this position i would say BlackRock so far just because of that whole federal reserve thing and as you'll see through the debriefing they have certain assets and certain things that they are a part of that vanguard group is not not to take away from the fact that they both equally own a shit ton of everything in the world very true very true
3: We mentioned Larry Fink. You might be asking, who is Mr. Fink? He's an American billionaire. He's an American billionaire businessman born in Van Nuys, California, and just happens to be the CEO of BlackRock. He has three children, and Joshua, his eldest son, was the CEO of the now defunct hedge fund Enso Capital. Mmm. It's alright, Mr. Fink got the bucks.
0: Generational wealth, boys. Generational wealth. Eat up off my plate, son. (laughs) He earned a B.A. in political science from UCLA in 1974, later receiving an MBA in real estate at the UCLA Anderson Graduate School of Management in 1976. Shortly after, his career began at First Boston, a New York-based investment bank where he was one of the first mortgage-backed security traders and later oversaw the bond department.
2: He increased First Boston's profits by up to one billion. He was successful at the bank until 1986, when his department lost a hundred million as a result of his incorrect interest rate prediction. What a dumbass. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: what a what a dumb fuck. <laughs> Fucking stupid idiot. What a stupid billionaire bitch. <laughs> you really fucked it up, later. <laughs>
3: Fink co-founded BlackRock and became its director and CEO under the corporate umbrella of the Blackstone Group while retaining his positions after BlackRock split from Blackstone in 1994. BlackRock then ultimately went on to become public in 1999.
0: As of 2018, Fink's net worth was estimated at $1 billion dollars and holds a seat on boards of the Council of Foreign Relations and World Economic Forum. He was also ranked 28th on Forbes' list of the world's most powerful people. Lucrative Larry is also a longtime donor and supporter of the New York City Police Foundation. Of course he is. He probably rolls around with that little, like, I donate to police plaque on the back of his cars.
2: I'm friends <laughs> with Giuliani. <laughs>
0: Andy's on the board of the Boys and Girls Club of New York. Sus. Wonder how often they have
3: pizza. Yeah, you're in New York. You got the Clintons. You got Giuliani. I just feel like somebody on the list of the world's most powerful people, like their net worth would be over a billion dollars. And I keep questioning like why his net worth is not so much more.
2: No, that was a question I asked myself while researching this was 1 billion out of trillions hold on trillions is the company's assets but you would think if they're managing this much money then 1 billion dollars it does seem low i agree with you
0: now is that billion dollars liquid like i could go pick out that billion dollars from my rich guy bank right now and then he has another 40 $50, 100000000000 billion dollars in assets, just like his company.
3: No, I gotcha.
0: That makes sense. It really all depends on what that $1 billion is. Is it pure cash or is it his total, including his assets? But either way, he's never going to be fucking broke.
2: No, let's go with it's cash.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he has a lot more than that. Before we move on, something that we just mentioned... He holds seats on boards of the Council on Foreign Relations and the World Economic Forum. These are two big seats to hold, especially when we go on to talk about more of the conspiracy involved with BlackRock and their dealings with US government and the world pretty much. Uh, keep that in your mind as we go forward, the CEO of this large mega corporation sits on those boards.
2: And he's gotta have made more money than one billion since the beginning of a pandemic. They made money off of it. We'll get there, as you said a minute ago. We got pizza. We got hot dogs. <laughs> oh my god. We got police. Five O's and kids. New York City Police Foundation and Boys and Girls Club. Who no- who knows? He's probably friends with Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> The meat and potatoes of all this really boils down to the company's assets, and this entire episode is literally just the tip of the iceberg, but BlackRock owns pretty much everything you own, use, and know. They own mutual funds, close-ended funds, iShare ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, and a plethora of alternative investments of basically everyone. As we've mentioned prior,
3: BlackRock's assets totaled well over $10.1 trillion after December 31st of 2021, spanning equity, fixed income, cash management, alternative investment, real estate, and advisory strategies, as well as the rest of the laundry list of other investments.
0: In 2006, the merger of BlackRock and Merrill Lynch investment managers more than doubled BlackRock's asset management portfolio. Three years later, BlackRock purchased Barclays Global Investors, at which point the company became the largest money management firm in the world.
3: The assets aren't just in the United States, but global. And between November of 2014 and March of 2018, they solicited and obtained meetings with members of the European Commission on 33 occasions, with total control over 21 trillion dollars in combined assets overseas.
2: So if they're 10.1 trillion and there's more overseas, how does this all work? Well, we're just a little blip on this little disk, you see. So are they not <laughs> reporting their total assets, or is that just American stock exchange
0: assets? They're, from what they're reporting, it might be just the U.S., because I'm not sure if they have to report their foreign investments, as it has nothing to do with U.S. investments.
2: This is all very foggy.
3: Lawyer questions, boys. Lawyer questions. We need a lawyer. and accountant's
2: accountants and lawyers dave call your mother <laughs> oh my mom would love to be the accountant for the hush hush society she would totally dig it she loves our show surprisingly right you would think that my mom would probably not be into some of the things we talk about but my mom loves it shout out mom in france alone 172 of the 525 french companies listed on the stock exchange have blackrock as a shareholder. And they own 10% of the companies like Danone, Vivendi, as well as Renault, which is the largest car manufacturer in the fucking world. Never heard of it. (laughs) It's crazy. Isn't that wild that he's never heard of it? A lot of people figured out that Renault is an actual car company because of this new Netflix series called Formula One Drive to Survive. So people are like, oh God, there's a French car company and there's Peugeot, which is a bicycle company as well as a car company. Two of the largest manufacturers of cars in the world. There's Société Générale, which is a bank company. There's Total, which is an electricity company. And there's Sanofi, which is a healthcare company. So there's quite a bit going on in France. They pretty much own- The country? Yeah, a solid portion of France. All of the long cigarette companies and the shoe
3: companies.
0: (laughs) In 2011, the Central Bank of Ireland decided to hire BlackRock Solutions, the fund's consulting arm, to assess the health of the six major Irish banks, three of which had just been bailed out by the state. And in 2013, BlackRock Fund purchased 3% of one of these banks, Bank of Ireland, with reported holdings of 162 billion euros. I have
3: no clue if that's a lot of money.
0: (laughs) It's a lot. Anything in billion, I think, is a lot, except for pesos. (laughs) Billion pesos is like $75. Well, this is an interesting thing, because now we're starting to see the involvement of central banks with BlackRock, which gives them a whole new level of power, a whole new level of influence, and connects them to some very, very powerful people
3: what's the difference between a central bank and td bank down the street from me
2: the central bank is a financial institution given privileged control over the production and distribution of money and credit for a nation or a group of nations
0: okay Central banks exist in pretty much every country, and they're run by the same super rich, exorbitant pieces of shit that run everything behind the shadows. There are certain countries that didn't want a central bank, and surprisingly enough, those countries that didn't want a central bank... Are countries that we've gone to war with. Hmm. There are countries that have had assassinations of their presidents. There are countries that have had major, major economic crashes. I wonder why that would happen. Oh God, if only there were a central bank to help them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now that I've been enlightened as to what a central bank is, I can tell you that the Central Bank of Greece commissioned BlackRock Solutions to analyze the loan portfolios of 18 banks in 2011, and again in 2013 for the portfolios of the four largest banks. They used the fictitious operating name Solar, rented modest offices in Athens' residential area, and gave its employees armed guards.
2: Sus.
0: Back. Big suspect. Hmm. How many Webster Bank tellers do you think have a personal arm guard to take them home every night? Literally none, none of them. I've seen the
3: people at my bank. They don't have guards.
2: I walk to my <laughs> Wells Fargo and they don't have personal guards.
0: They don't even have guards in the bank.
2: No, <laughs> That's there's true. just some That's old true. decrepit guys standing outside. Not
0: even. Good morning. Not even. My bank is inside of a grocery store, so that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know. <laughs>
3: My bank is the bodega down the street that cashes my checks for $4. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
2: Well, it doesn't stop there. In Spain, four of the largest real estate developers today have BlackRock among their investors, as do six of the largest Spanish banks. And BlackRock Solutions analyzed the loan portfolio of the national banking giant ING in 2012. And then again... In 2013 the real estate assets of all dutch banks there's a lot of numbers there but these small percentages even if it's like three percent five percent ten percent that's billions of dollars but here
3: they're just analyzing
2: those dollars right
0: they're analyzing for a fee oh okay okay but also take into account you know a lot of people they would think to themselves blackrock just has these assets In small percentages and in small portions. Well, let's say that you had even 1% of 90% of the companies and banks that exist throughout the world. You would be mega super fucking rich. Now imagine that BlackRock owns up to 13% of most of these massive companies. So you can start to see how much money this asset management company really holds and how much influence that holds over these companies. Now you would think, uh, well, 13% isn't much, but they are also managing the risks of those companies, making them profitable or not profitable and taking those assets and making more money off of them. So it just, it goes on and on and on. Huge company with a lot of money.
2: We'll just take 13% of 10 different countries, industries, or banks.
0: Central banks alone, yeah.
2: So a small percentage, 1%, up to like maybe 4 maybe 5%, will make this company rich as hell. Because if they have hundreds or even thousands of shareholders at a small percentage, boom,
0: tons of money. The list doesn't stop there with all the other countries like the UK, Belgium. Switzerland and Germany all having the majority of their industries owned by BlackRock. So, again, more countries, more stuff to own. They also operate in Central and South America, the Middle East, Japan, China, you name it. But one thing stood out, and that's Mexico.
3: It always does. BlackRock has acquired stakes in Mexican toll roads, hospitals, gas pipelines. Prisons, oil exploration companies, and coal fired power plants since 2012. Former Mexican President Enrique Nieto called them, quote, the white collar financial mafia, end quote. Bold statement from the Mexican president.
0: Definitely. For example, Infrastructure projects produce higher returns than stocks or bonds, which was profitable for BlackRock. In its 2013 annual report, BlackRock included a section titled, quote, The Infrastructure Opportunity, which explained how its massive funds, particularly pension funds, could fill the gap governments needed to modernize and upgrade their public works. So that's one thing that... Is scary to think about, and one thing that I didn't really know about or think about is the Vanguard Group, especially and BlackRock, own tons of retirement plans and pension funds, things of that sort. So, like, my retirement plan and pension is owned by the Vanguard Group and managed by the Vanguard Group. Yep, we're so fucked. <laughs> That is a ton, a ton, a ton of money. And that's a lot of asset to manage between these two companies just in retirement alone. Now, let's say that there was some sort of financial meltdown within these companies. Then that would mean the pensions and retirement funds of millions of Americans would be gone. Poof, in a second. But that brings into account the thought that the US government had given us that certain companies are just too big to fail and we need to bail them out. Not saying that BlackRock or Vanguard would ever need to be bailed out, but just goes to show you how much power they have between just the two companies alone.
3: Yeah. They literally have your life from the age of 65 to death in their hands.
0: They have your life birth to death, really.
2: Birth to death, yeah.
3: If
0: they're getting into infrastructure that, you know, like we said, they own hospitals they own portions of healthcare so all the money that is paid towards a childbirth all that money that's paid towards pediatricians and then you go into your teens money that goes into infrastructure like schooling and the computers that you use in school and the books that you read and you know it's not just retirement on
2: just the information that you're fed as a child can be influenced by the people that are operating these groups easily so
0: especially when they own publishing companies too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The information that we've been given as children in our generation and multiple generations, our parents' generation. But one of the largest struggles of this generation is rent and home ownership. We all can attest to that. And BlackRock made their entry into the real estate market motivated by the desire to satisfy the customer, you hushlings.
0: They're looking out for you.
2: Yeah. No, they're bending you over and fucking you good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because you, customer, have amassed a massive debt and an obligation to pay that debt as a result of your financial mismanagement. Shame on you.
0: When real estate and asset management companies raise the value of houses and make the price of rent in the housing market go up, it's your fault that you can't afford it.
2: You bought that 55-inch, $400 TV because you decided that that was a splurge. So fuck you. You can't own a house. I
3: wish it was just back in 2008 where I could have, like, no job and eight kids and just get, like, a $900,000 house.
0: You can still do that. (laughs) Fuck. Don't. Live in a blue state.
3: Real estate is a highly emotional asset class. So when a faceless entity purchases even a small number of homes from regular home buyers, literally robbing you, emotions are heightened.
0: And the frightening reality isn't that institutions have taken significant shares of the U.S. housing market, BlackRock owning $60 billion. It's that the federal government's monetary and fiscal policies are about to allow them to do so with no checks and balances. Housing bubble
2: it pops and it could a pop anytime soon
0: so we'll take a moment here to talk about that now i am no expert especially when it comes to housing markets or anything financial because i just spend stupid money on starbucks coffee <sighs> Starbucks is the official sponsor of the Hush House Societies, <laughs> but an interesting thing that I was reading on one of these forums is, and it happens to multiple people, not just one or two cases here and there, it's a lot of people are getting daily phone calls from BlackRock representatives or faceless representatives offering 10 to 20 percent above market value for their homes whether these people are selling or not whoever's calling them is offering them a lot more money i'm wondering
2: when i was selling my dad's house somebody that came to my house showed me paperwork, legitimate dude in a suit he came inside talked to him about selling the house, he's like, I saw the the real estate agency sign out front, and you know, I wanted to talk to you about it.
0: I could have probably made like eighty to ninety thousand more dollars. And he probably worked for one of these big real estate conglomerates. It's kind of a reminder, actually, to hushlings out there: if you're selling your home, sell your home to a family, don't sell it to a
2: company. The point I think I would make is that if I were to resell the house I inherited. I would sell it to one of my friends that have a couple kids or a kid right now and just be their landlord. Slumlord. I'm going to be a slumlord. Oh, the, the washing machine broke. Uh, go fix it your fucking oh self.
0: My God. You make me sick.
2: <laughs> now, as long as the stage is set correctly, we could see the entire asset class shift at an alarming rate from homeownership to a renter's economy, which is kind of what I'm dealing with here. Everybody's renting. I don't know too many people that own their houses, and if you do, you got millions of dollars. When you look at the money flow, you can see why this works so well. First, pension funds receive contributions from employers and employees. Example, income. A portion of that income is allocated to a firm such as BlackRock. Then BlackRock goes on to take advantage of the
3: low interest rates to acquire properties and high demand markets. Pension funds now own a majority stake in the housing market in which they operate.
0: Rent is then paid back to the pension funds by both employees and employers, and inflation and a federally backed housing market drive up home prices even more. Hushlings, are you starting to get the picture? In 2009, they purchased Stuyvesant Town, Peter Cooper Village, a Manhattan housing complex For $5.4 billion, which set a record for the largest residential real estate transaction in U.S. history.
2: Get this, the project failed and clients lost $500 million. Part of this money that was lost was for the California Pension Fund. Hmm. So why is something in Manhattan affecting people in California?
0: Because it's all meshed together. It's
3: a yes. a beautifully disgusting business model.
0: Taking a moment here, BlackRock is buying up all this real estate. They're buying houses. They're buying apartment complexes. And they are pretty much hoping to become your landlord. This goes along with the whole thought that we've talked about before, especially when we talked about Agenda 21. You will own nothing and be happy. That's kind of the Klaus Schwab thing of it. And with Larry Fink being a part of the World Economic Forum, it makes sense that he would go along with that plan. So if BlackRock goes and buys all the houses and all the apartment buildings, then no one can own a home anymore. That means that you have to rent from BlackRock. Or if BlackRock goes and takes these assets, these real estate assets, and sells them to the U.S. government at a surplus, that would mean that the U.S. government now becomes your landlord and you are now paying money for rent to the U.S. government. The U.S. government can then go and look at how much you spend on certain things, which they already know from your banking statements and your credit card transactions and all that other great stuff. And they can say, well, that means that you can afford such and such amount for rent. And they can charge you an exorbitant amount of money and control your finances even more than they do now. Because in this current market, the houses in the, in the apartment buildings are privately owned. They're owned by another person or they're owned by a small company. So when you start to have big conglomerates or even worse... The government owning your home that gives them even more power and more control over your everyday life so that's where it starts to become scary when we talked about agenda 21 we talked about how there would be these centralized living units apartment rentals apartment buildings that would all be in these centralized locations so that they could watch you and they could tend to the herd and this kind of plays into that whole plan If you buy all these homes, even out in the middle of nowhere, and then you make it so that nobody can rent that place, or nobody can buy that place, or nobody can afford to buy that place, and the only way that they can afford to live is to live in the city in one of these apartments or one of these rented houses, now you have the entire population in an area where they can be controlled and watched. So this definitely starts to play into the Agenda 21, Agenda 30 plan. The playbook is there. You're seeing it unfold in this massive corporation, probably among others, is definitely a player and a part of it.
2: They've been called or dubbed the fourth branch of government.
0: And that's scary. That's scary. Even if we found nothing else out about this company, if we ended the episode right here, this is enough to be a worrisome amount of information. Oh, definitely. Just in the housing market alone.
2: Not to sidebar too far off, but for a quick second, look at the homelessness crisis we have. There are people that I know, that I'm close to, that have lived in their cars before, or have slept outside. And that's even before this pandemic. Think about where we're at now. A lot of people have moved to alternative living, living in vans.
0: That's why that RV nomadic lifestyle has blown up, especially with the pandemic. Not to mention the whole remote work kind of contributed to that, but also housing and everything is so expensive it becomes to a point where you're renting dave not to jump too much into it but you are living in california Mm. you're renting a one bedroom for way more than it's worth but that is the housing market that is the renter's market
2: it's very expensive where i currently am but fortunately for me I'm locked into a deal that is at least three to four hundred dollars less than what I would be paying anywhere else. Maybe even a thousand, depending because of my situation. From when I've moved to California almost ten years ago, I used to live about a block from the bay and maybe a, maybe a mile to the beach on the Pacific Ocean, and. That used to cost me $1,000 in 2013. A one bedroom apartment there. That same apartment is $3,000 now. And it's not even renovated. The same apartment. I looked at my apartment 13 months ago. The one I first moved to when I lived in California. Not one thing has changed other than they've painted and redone the carpets. Everything else, the cabinets are all the same. Everything's the same, but it's $2,800.
0: That goes along with this also, so let's say that BlackRock owns all these properties and they say a one-family house or a duplex or a triplex, whatever it may be, is going to cost you, like Dave said, $3,000 a month to live in, $4,000 a month to live in. And you take your average family of four people, you know, the nuclear family, they can't afford that along with all their other bills, all their other utilities, there's no way that they're affording to live in that house. Now the government comes, or BlackRock comes, and they go, we know this is expensive, we know that you can't afford to live here, but we have a better option. We can go and we can take this three-bedroom inside of this massive apartment complex down in the city, you'll be right in central, central to everything, and it's only going to cost you 1500 bucks a month.
2: And you don't need a
0: car. And you don't need a car, yeah. You got public transportation, you got all this great stuff. Which is all getting shot up. ha ha ha! Yeah. <laughs> jesus now they've drawn you into this central location into this city and as we just mentioned agenda 21 that centralized location to watch everything that you are doing and then what happens BlackRock comes along or the government comes along they take a wrecking ball to that single-family house sell the land to another company or build more apartment buildings there it's government subsidized housing with no other alternative
3: Okay, so you pretty much just halfway answered my question. Since you're like really familiar with this whole BlackRock real estate scenario, are they buying up plots of land and building on them? Or are they like more focused on these like inner city pre-existing structures that they can put people into? Or are they like also interested in buying up plots of land and building communities there that they can also shove people into
0: it's funny that you mentioned that actually blackrock is currently focusing on the real estate market so they're buying single family homes they're buying multi-family homes they're buying apartment buildings pretty much domiciles where people are living bill gates and the gates foundation is buying up land in mass okay Bill Gates is buying so much land, it's kind of sickening and it's making people very surprised and some people very worried, rightfully so. Well, no,
3: it's probably mutually beneficial to conglomerates for that to be happening.
0: Because if you look at that same scenario, now that same nuclear family says, okay, we can't afford to live in this single family home for $4,000 a month. We don't want to live in the city. So, what we'll do is we'll go buy a piece of land, we'll pay a contractor, we'll build a small home, and we'll end up spending less money to have that done with the land in the house than it would be to rent this single family home and better off for us and our family than to live in the city in these apartment buildings. But If somebody has bought the land, i.e. Gates or the Gates Foundation, they're not going to sell the land. Then there's no land to buy, which means there's no plot to build on, Mm -hmm. which means there's no house. So what is your option at that point? You can't afford the house, but you can afford the government subsidized apartments. Forcing your hand. I look at it this way, and it's it may be just a stupid example, but it's something that I look at often. Look at every futuristic sci-fi movie that exists.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With the bulk of them, I would say 99% of them, there's no houses. Nobody lives in a house.
2: Blade Runner 2049.
0: That's exactly it. You live in these high-rises, vertical living, not horizontal living, vertical living. Because you can pack more people into a vertical building than you can even if a building was a mile long. And it's all centralized. You keep everybody where they are. Look at a lot of the apartment buildings that are built in cities. They have the apartment buildings which will go from floor 4 up to 2025. But the ground floor up to floor 4 is... Grocery stores, it's Mm -hmm. boutiques, it's a mall, it's car services, whatever it may be that you need in your home, we want to keep you there. And that's what they do. They make it so that you are less likely to leave your home. Now a lot of people would say, Why does the government want you to stay in your home? Why would they want you to be in your home all the time, wouldn't they want you to go out and spend in the economy and do all these things to propagate the taxes and propagate their funds and monies? No, because if they can offer everything that you need in your own apartment complex and you never leave your apartment building or leave your apartment building very, very sparsely, that keeps you in more control. Think of prison, that's a prison. It's a prison that doesn't have gates, it doesn't have bars, but Garen goddamn teed, you're being treated the exact same way.
2: We've all felt like we've been in kind of a prison at least since March of 2020. I think anyone that is listening to this can feel that there's been some point of their life where they're like, dude, I gotta get the fuck out of my apartment or I gotta get out of my house. Yeah, freedoms freedoms were stripped away, literally. I just feel like it broke the human race.
0: But that's what it was meant to do, Dave.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's why we call
0: it the plandemic. The pandemic had nothing to do with crashing an economy or anything like that. What it really had to do with was control. Keep people inside their homes. And if you want to go outside your home, make it so uncomfortable and almost unbearable that nobody wants to do it. You want to go to the store? Put a fucking mask on.
2: You want to go to the beach? Put a mask on.
0: You want to go to the store? Get your vaccination. Oh, don't breathe near me. Stand six feet away. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Everything that had to do with the fucking pandemic. Now, add the element of fear. Well, you could catch the virus. The virus could kill you. It could kill your kids. It could kill your grandparents. Everybody in your family could die from this virus. Maybe it's better that you stay inside your home. Use Amazon. Order your food from Peapod. Get all your stuff shipped to your fucking doorway so that you don't have to go outside.
2: And the delivery services have exploded since the beginning
0: of this, yeah. Exactly. The perfect consumer is a consumer that you never have to deal with.
2: BlackRock, as we've made it abundantly clear, essentially has a monopoly on the world market and big tech is no exception. That's right, Hushlings. Your iPhones. Your Androids. Your Generation 1 iPods.
0: Your retinal scanners. That's right, BlackRock
2: has a part in all of your
3: cybernetic appendages, all of your cell phones and your AirPods and all your fancy shit. When it comes to big tech and BlackRock, we find a Russian nesting doll sort of pattern similar to the packaged food industry which we'll get into. You have four parent companies which produce the software for virtually every smartphone, tablet, and computer that you, your children, and your grandparents own.
2: At the top, there's Meta, which owns Facebook, Whatsapp, and Instagram. There's Alphabet, which owns Google. I didn't know Google was owned by anybody. I thought Google owned themselves.
0: Yeah, Alphabet is the parent company.
2: Shit, well, the more you know. And they own all Google-related businesses, including YouTube and Gmail, which is why Hushlings are YouTube is slacking, because they will censor the shit out of us. Bastards. They also develop all the Android software, and the second two parent companies are Microsoft, which owns Xbox, and lastly Apple. Sorry, iPhone users, you're not safe from Lawrence Fink. Get the new
0: Apple Twenty. We haven't done anything groundbreaking since iPhone Nine. We changed the glass on the camera. <laughs> Here's a new camera. You need a professional camera. <laughs> At this point, iPhones are just cameras. That's all oh, you're. The buying.
2: cameras are beautiful.
0: That's the selling point.
2: Yeah, iPhone cameras are beautiful. They do produce some very nice pictures, but...
0: Tasteful nudes. Tasteful nudes, yeah.
2: No, I'm just going to cut you off
3: there. Me being an avid Android user, I can tell you for a fact the iPhone cameras are better. The Android cameras are nice, but the iPhone cameras are better. I'll admit it.
0: Well, with all that being said, it's important to note that BlackRock is the second largest shareholder of each of the listed big tech parent companies. This could be problematic with the issue being their pull and control over the algorithms dictating what you see, what you buy, and how you interact on all your favorite internet platforms as a whole. Wait, do they own Pornhub? oh fuck
2: yeah you talk about big booty bitches and and you got it that's why all that wish.com all those thongs come up on your list
0: shit we should have seen how much of the sex industry they own
2: seriously because i keep trying to make jokes about it
3: but nah not gonna do that hushlings will return after this short message
2: greetings Hushtilians. put on your rain gear as we journey to the jungles of Africa to examine a group that broke away from the Catholic Church in Uganda's Kanungu District. We look at the group's leaders, its history, the belief system, its rigid ideology, and how the believers lived their lives on a daily basis. They believed in the mission delivered by their founders of signs and visions of the Virgin Mary, who spoke of an impending apocalypse during the turn of the century that never came. As a result, over 900 of its members died in the belief. Of salvation. In reality, they were brutally murdered. After a further
3: inquiry, investigators found corpses which were burned and poisoned.
2: Some even appeared to have been strangled. Originally labeled a cult suicide, it was concluded that it was a mass murder carried out by movement leadership. Grab your passports and forensic kits as the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour infiltrates the religious cult. The Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God in Debriefing 48, streaming Monday, May 9th.
3: The Kanungu Massacre. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. BlackRock also has the largest stake in weapon manufacturing through its United States aerospace and defense investments. Fink wrote in his annual love letter to shareholders, quote, Other companies should be aware of their impact on society, end quote.
0: It's funny, I like how he said other companies should be <laughs> Other companies should be aware of their impact on society. Are there other companies? The other three companies that we don't have a share in yeah.
3: should really watch themselves. Seems kind of like a sneak dis
2: on like a Lil Wayne track.
0: That grandma owned cookies company? Yeah. You guys should be aware.
2: It's a diversion tactic. They know, there are other companies that are out there that are, you know, shark hungry. Look over there while we do this. But hushlings, how hungry are you? Cause the next area of business might wet your palate or make you sick to your stomach. You decide. This is an excerpt taken directly from BlackRock's website. Quote, the nutrition fund seeks to maximize total return by investing globally at least 70% of total assets in the equity securities of companies engaged in any activity forming in part of the food and agricultural value chain, including packaging, processing, distribution, technology, food and agricultural related services, such as seeds, agricultural or food grade chemicals, and food producers, end quote.
0: Mmm, those beautiful GMOs. No, top to bottom, seeds to packaging. See, and that's where we talk about them having control of you from birth to death. It's literally in everything. Everything that you participate in and that you buy and that you own, you just gave a penny or two to Blackrock.
2: Hushlings, we've been riding the roller coaster for the last hour or so on the upslope. We're about to hit gravity. In a second, because this is when it really gets crazy when you start to hear who's involved. And this is just like we said in the beginning of this debriefing, just the tip.
3: I wonder if BlackRock or corporations like BlackRock has anything to do with like the depletion of heirloom fruits and vegetables, you know, how like that the GM knows kind of cease the reproduction process of Mm-hmm. certain produce i mean i'm sure the conglomerates have something to do with that i mean it keeps you eating their fucking garbage
0: absolutely if you think about it black Rock owns all these parts of agriculture and the food chain if you have a big stake in gmos and companies that produce gmos then you would want to get rid of heirloom or organic food that is not grown through GMOs, because that only is a way to take away from your money and your funds. We should definitely do some sort of GMO episode. This nutritional fund has over 351 million shares in it, with Costco, Grocery Outlet Holding Corp, and Nestle Holding totaling 4% each. Some of the major brands that their toes are dipped in are PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Nestle, General Mills, Kellogg's, Unilever, Mars, Kraft Heinz, and of course the list is endless. Although it is ironic that PepsiCo and Coca-Cola aren't even competing.
2: So BlackRock owns about 10.1% shares of both these companies.
0: Mm -hmm. As does the Vanguard Group. They own a bulk share also. It's the same
3: exact thing with all of the big tech. All of the big tech is constantly competing for your money. Are you going to buy a MacBook or a Windows 11 tablet? Are you going to get an Android or an iPhone? It doesn't matter. All of the money's going to the same exact place and the same people are selling
2: you different shit. God, we live in a fucking Ponzi scheme. It sucks.
0: That brings up a question for me. In all these industries and everything that we've been talking about, if there is no actual genuine competition between these companies, then that brings down the idea of a capitalistic society, because a capitalistic society is built on competition between companies and gaining more money and making more money for those companies. If you have all these companies that are supposed to be competing against each other and they're all working in unison, in actuality, behind the curtain, then it's less of a capitalist society and more of, what did we call it? A corporate oligarchy.
3: I'm sure there's some sort of gray line to that. Like, I'm sure at some level there's competition, but like you said, behind the curtain, it's all one big same thing.
0: Like mentioning Coke and Pepsi, I'm sure Coke is not going to Pepsi and saying, Hey, here's our secret recipe. Yeah. The cocaine recipe.
3: Here's our secret list of chemicals that we're selling to people. <laughs>
0: So I'm sure that's not happening in a cooperative fashion, but when it's these people that are beyond the companies that own parts of these companies and they're saying, you guys should sell to these people. And then they go to the other company and they say, you guys should sell to these people too. Mm -hmm. You guys should market to these people. And oh yeah, you guys should market to these people too. So it's like, yeah, I guess what you're saying, like at a company level, I'm sure it's still competition based, but- Like I said, behind these curtains, it's all one thing. It's all going into the same bank account.
3: It's the big shadowy government guy in the background with the two little drawstring puppets with the little crosses.
0: It's Larry Funk. Yeah, (laughs)
3: Larry Funk. You might be asking yourself, what about fast food? That's right. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're loving it. I'm loving it. We're all loving it. BlackRock owns at least 10% of McDonald's. That's right. They own 10% of the McGriddle that you ate this morning. There's also Starbucks, as well as no. yeah, yup, Starbuckingsense. That's right. Also Yum Brands, which owns KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, The Habit Burger
2: Grill, and Wing Street. There's so many others. And places like Chili's and, like, there's just so many places. But one place that they dropped in 2017 was Burger King. They dropped the BK Lounge. Why would they do that? They have no shares in the BK Lounge. It's not profitable anymore.
0: (laughs) Do you think that secretly Burger King is fighting the good fight and they're just like, BlackRock and Vanguard can't own our company? I wish it were that true. All along, Burger King were the heroes. No, I... (laughs) (laughs) They're
3: Cheeto-covered chicken fry mozzarella sticks.
0: Maybe there actually is a Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) The king. Can we take a moment and R.I.P. Starbucks?
3: Damn it. No, not R.I.P. Starbucks. I will give them a
2: lot of money.
0: Starbucks no longer sponsors the Hush Hush Society.
2: Let's see. Dunkin' Donuts shareholders. All of the fucking
3: urinal companies in the world own Dunkin' Donuts
0: urinal company. Yeah,
3: they they (laughs) brew their fucking coffee over fucking urinal
0: cakes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's going to hit worse than the whole Flat Earth episode. Expanding on one of these major companies is the British consumer goods company Unilever, which owns over 400 brands and ranked over $55 billion last year. They own brands like Axe is disgusting ben and jerry's <laughs> i'm sorry guys i'm sorry ben and jerry's is on there liquid iv ollie on it all brands that i use vaseline every night use that hellman's also <laughs> known as best goods on the west coast they also own lipton t lux rexona degree and life buoy etc etc and as of 2022 BlackRock owns 216 million or so shares of Unilever PLC, ADR, whatever the fuck their company's called representing 8.5 of total ownership of the entire company. So all of these brands listed. Now I thought to myself in the beginning of this research, not much of my life is going to be affected by this. And I'm like, and as I'm doing research on this topic, I'm sipping from a water bottle, a packet of liquid IV and I took. Ollie Vitamins early in the morning and I probably had Ben and Jerry's last month and Damn. Vaseline I used it multiple times earlier that morning all of which on your lips <laughs> definitely not my lips
0: <laughs> also I just want to point out and you'll hear it here first Hushlings uh, Joe Rogan and his company it are fucking sellouts fuck
3: <laughs> not for the whole Spotify thing but because of BlackRock <laughs> because of BlackRock owning it. <laughs>
2: I don't want to shit on them. I couldn't believe it because over 10 years ago when Onnit was like, oh, they're stretching their legs. The egg is cracking. They're coming out of their shell. I was on the street team for them and I was like, I love this company. I use their nootropics. I used Alpha Brain and New Mood and all these other things. <laughs> and then I saw Onnit. Can you really blame these companies? Though? No. Like, are, are
3: they no. going to tell BlackRock, no, you can't buy 3% of their company?
0: Yeah, it's all just money to them, honestly. Realistically... How many of these companies are paying attention to every single person that is buying shares of their company?
2: I mean, if BlackRock's involved, you should be. They definitely employ people that are watching that shit.
0: Think so? On it?
2: On it makes a shit ton of money, dude.
0: Yeah, but do you think Eddie Bravo is just sitting there in some like windowless closet watching every shareholder that buys into On it?
3: I've never heard a more <laughs> true scenario. I, I can (laughs) picture it perfectly. Shout out Eddie. The big three asset managers collectively own more than 27% of shares in fossil fuel giants including Chevron, ExxonMobil, and ConocoPhillips, and over 30% of major agribusiness companies like Archer Daniels Midland and Cargill, making them among the largest shareholders in the two industries most responsible for the majority of greenhouse gas emissions, driving the quote climate
2: crisis. Not Cargill. Yeah, Cargill. I saw Cargill and I was like, well, the, dude, that's every like fertilizer and seeds. And... I was like, that's, we're fucked.
0: These investments unfairly target low-income communities of color Racist. in the global north and global south, and who have contributed little to global total combined emissions. Because they live in what's called a quote sacrifice zone, fossil fuel extraction happens which leads to the pollution of industrial agriculture, not to mention the local people being significantly affected by flooding, rising food prices, and other factors.
2: They definitely have their hands in food from top to bottom and fossil fuels. If you have companies like ExxonMobil, Shell is another company that we didn't list, but they have another company that we didn't mention that I mentioned, I think in a previous debriefing, we talked about the water crisis with Nestle buying up all the water. And Nestle has major stocks and shares with uh, Vanguard and BlackRock. Very interesting that they would be in sacrifice- zones. Fuck this population. We're gonna pull the water out of the ground anyways. As an example, BlackRock doesn't just own the fossil fuel industry, the food industry, the real estate industry, and they don't just own Unilever. They own everyone. Even while you unwind and watch the news or listen to the Hush Hush Society while watching Fox News or whatever you watch or a quirky sitcom, it's BlackRock that runs the show. Together, BlackRock and Vanguard own of Fox, 16% of CBS, which includes the show 60 Minutes. They own 13% of Comcast, who owns NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, and the Sky Media Group. 12% of each CNN and Disney, who also own ABC and 538. That's a lot. That was the entire alphabet yes that's that and not to mention they do own shares in hulu netflix peacock where you can watch demi lovato's new thing uh (laughs) (laughs) they own everything you watch from like we've said facebook to the doritos that you're eating while you're listening to this episode the oreos that you're dipping in your milk you fucking cow pus Yeah, your cowpuss. I think that's another thing that I've talked about on an episode where I've talked about living next to a dairy farm in Cowpuss. But fuck, they own everything.
3: They're estimated to own around 12% of Gannett, which owns more than 250 Gannett daily newspapers, plus USA Today. 10%
0: of the Sinclair local television news, which controls 72% of the U.S. household's local TV, and a large unspecified chunk of Graham Media Group. Never heard of
2: both of those. 72% of U.S. local TV? Even those slick-ass Nike Decades wish I could get a pair,
3: are run by BlackRock as well as most of the fashion industry along with the clothing that you wear. In 2019, they purchased an $875 million stake for authentic brands, which operates companies like Aeropostale, Forever 21, Eddie Bauer, iZod, Lucky Brand, Juicy Couture, Nautica, Sports
2: Illustrated, Reebok, Tap Out, just to name a few. Dude, the website... Of looking up authentic brands, I was just like, my head hit the floor, yeah, and I was like, holy Burlington Coat Factory! But still,
3: every fucking thing that I hate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there were other things on there, too, that we might be a little nostalgic of. Mike, I might be a little bit before Frankie, but Airwalk
0: oh, yeah. was on there. Yeah, yeah.
2: Volcom. There was a couple brands oh, no. that were set yeah, I know, yeah. Volcom. Even everything you use for travel, like the car and plane you use, from your Nissan to your Honda, to your Boeing or Airbus jet that you take to your Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you can book that trip using TripAdvisor, Airbnb, Carnival Cruise Ships, and Like we said before, Disney itself. Yep, every single one of those companies has at least five to 10% in BlackRock share. Just imagine you're
3: leaving your house, which they own, and clothes, which they own, drinking a drink that they own, and a car that they own, on the way to the airport that they own, to get onto a plane that they own, to go to (laughs) a theme park that they own. In
2: a state that they own probably too. A quick mention they also have percentage in banking like we said before chase jp morgan wells fargo they own all the banks but then again they also own shares in companies where you use to purchase said goods visa mastercard discover all those things
0: let's also not forget that we have mentioned vanguard group and state street which are also asset managers and they're the biggest like blackrock these asset managers also own shares Of each other's companies Absolutely Mm. So it's not even A competition between The largest of the large Groups behind the curtain Boys I just want to update you On Pornhub status So Pornhub is owned by the parent company MindGeek MindGeek is one of the largest Adult pornography uh, conglomerates And they had Their debt bought out by glendon management and guess who owns a large stake of glendon management no damn it boys wait shut down the browser what
3: do you mean porn conglomerate so like are all those big porn websites owned by the same company is that what
0: you're telling me because they have different videos <laughs> you better use DuckDuckGo, <laughs> go bro <laughs> <laughs> MindGeek, they say it's a privately held Canadian company, which is owned by these two guys that started it. And they own Pornhub, RedTube, UPorn, as well as adult film production companies, browsers, digital playground, men.com, reality Kings, Sean Cody, and why not buy.com. That's Dave's favorite. So all of the largest adult film or adult industry companies are owned by MindGeek.
2: So they influence what you fap to because they pick up on all these companies that's why i'm not i'm not confessing anything but you know when you look at all these companies they all look kind of the same and you're like <laughs> oh whoa
0: look what the fuck dave has lifetime subscriptions to all of them dude i have
2: elite status i've
0: ascended that's why he was so happy about the vaseline
3: yeah <laughs> i can literally get you a lifetime membership for twenty dollars hit me
0: Got you. So it's safe to say that the bed you wake up on in the apartment you rent, the food you eat, the clothing you wear, the car you drive, the gas you put in the car, the store you shop at, the brands you buy, the money you use to buy all those goods and the social media movies and news that you're encompassed in are all controlled by BlackRock, including your porn. (laughs)
3: BlackRock has for sure influenced the stock market, and they purchased millions of shares of AMC and GameStop in an alleged effort to short-sell and cause chaos in the stock market. What a clusterfuck that was. Yeah, they did Mm -hmm. it successfully. Also, in 2003, Larry Fizzing helped to negotiate the resignation of the CEO of the New York Stock Exchange, Richard Grasso.
0: You may ask, how does BlackRock manage to make sure the trillions of dollars flow in without a hitch? Aladdin is an artificial intelligence software. Its job is to keep an eye on the world markets and make sure nothing goes wrong.
3: Particularly for BlackRock or any of its clients, it assesses investment risk by analyzing data over thousands of computers all over the globe, striving to manage the financial ecosystem of the world efficiently
2: data or data boys what's the debate
3: it depends on the context depends on who i'm talking to
2: okay wow glasses or no glasses okay enough said tomato tomato (laughs) over 240 clients depend on this software to make them as much money as possible and it continues to since the financial crash of 2008 successfully managing 21 trillion and counting damn it's a lot of money.
0: You know, we should get our hands on some Aladdin software.
2: Dave's mom. To the moon, boys. I'll talk to my mom.
0: Yeah. Ask her to get that Aladdin software. Put it on a flash drive. BlackRock executives proposed the economic reset in 2019 that ultimately went into effect in March of 2020, during the beginning of the COVID-19 scandemic, which provided the perfect opportunity, an emergency for which the central bank could appoint an independent expert. avoid a financial crisis
2: okay before we move on i've heard this time and time again that the world economy completely collapsed in august of 2019
0: and they hit it
2: all of a sudden in november reports in china are coming up that there's this weird virus then all of a sudden in december people in the united states start getting sick Mm -hmm. then in january more february more march total fucking Chaos. Yep. In my opinion, I think after all this research, BlackRock, they might not have anything to do with COVID-19, but it was a great cover. Oh, but they do. Oh, but they do. <laughs> we get into that.
0: So I, I heard the same conspiracy. Well, I read it and read it.
2: The fact that the global economy collapsed and something bailed us out and the way to cover the collapse was the inception of COVID-19. Hmm.
0: It's kind of like when Donald Rumsfeld said that we lost $2.3 trillion and then all of a sudden the World Trade Centers were hit the next day and everybody forgot about it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that's the playbook, right? You cover up one disaster with another. I will say it is a very intriguing thought because it might be worth looking back on how the economy was doing because all that is, is obviously recorded somewhere. But it might be interesting to look back on how the economy was doing and the summer and fall of 2019.
2: I wasn't doing very well financially when it came to my job market, when it came to getting hours in the industry that I was working in. It was a very busy year for the service and hospitality industry. 2019 was probably my slowest year. Mike mentioned a quote,
3: independent expert, which was appointed by BlackRock. It also received a no-bid contract to manage a $454 billion slush fund, which will be used to leverage more than $4 trillion in Federal Reserve credit. As a result, BlackRock is playing both sides, primarily buying its own funds on behalf of the central bank.
2: (laughs) Uno, reverse. The Federal Reserve itself turned to BlackRock to assist in the purchasing of distressed securities during the pandemic, meaning the central bank actually relinquished its historic independence and agreed to combine monetary and fiscal policy with BlackRock.
0: That in itself makes them a massive entity and a scary one that has tons of power. Scary power. As we're talking about the pandemic, if you think they don't have their hands in healthcare and these folks didn't make money off of it in the last few years, well, then you're wrong. As of 2022, they owned at least 5% of substantial shares for companies like, listen closely, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, McKesson, eHealth, and St. Jude Medical. That's why you never donate to St. Jude's. Bum,
2: bum, bum. AstraZeneca is the, the jab that's killing athletes overseas, right? It
0: is, yeah. 25-year-olds having massive cardiac arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it has nothing to do with vaccine, Dave. Vaccines are safe and effective. You should trust the science, Dr. Fauci told me that if I get the 17th booster, <laughs> you
2: get a cookie in the mail.
3: <laughs>
0: my third eye will emerge and I will get see it. sound.
2: You listen. You may ask, did their purchasing of healthcare assets ramp up during the pandemic? Yes, they did. And it's safe to say that they probably own more than 5% now. Getting the jab. As I said, I think in a previous uh, episode, I was walking by a school and I saw the vaccine van. It was a Dodge Caravan with wacky, waving, inflatable arm tube men outside. They had sandwiches for the kids that just got stabbed on their way out from school.
0: I like the donut one.
2: Yeah, the donut. There was probably donuts, probably cookies. Free beer
3: was
0: good. Yeah, free beer was an incentive. They were offering such weird things.
3: Yeah. Ever since I got the COVID shot, every time I go near a
2: 5G tower, I get really aroused.
0: Mm. (laughs) He just has an
2: uncontrollable boner. (laughs) Honey, I don't want to call your dick Slick Rock Sanders tonight.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking on the Federal Reserve during a March 2021 hearing entitled, quote, The Quarterly CARES Act Report to Congress, Senator Elizabeth Warren is quoted asking Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, quote, if a $9 trillion investment company failed, would that likely have a significant impact on our economy? Yellen said, quote, It's not obvious to me that designation is the correct tool. Warren said, Wait just a minute. Designation is what gives the Federal Reserve its increased oversight power. Is that correct? Yellen conceded the point but said, Quote, the Financial Stability Oversight Council had already looked into this matter. End quote.
0: <laughs> so they're already looking into the possibility of economic collapse should this massive entity die.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Or pacification. But it's like, all right, even if you look into it and you get the
2: results that you're looking for, is it going to change anything? Are you able to do anything about it? Probably not. And in 2016, BlackRock hired a number of former executive branch appointees in the hopes of becoming a member of the federal government. Like we said, Larry Fink himself attempted to be Hillary Clinton's treasury
0: secretary. Pizza parties all around.
2: You guys want hot dogs? What do you want? The Hebrew (laughs) National? Those are the good ones. You guys
0: want Pizza Hut? We own them.
2: (laughs) Deutschmacher is my favorite. (laughs)
0: Fink joined a business forum assembled by then-president-elect Donald Trump to provide strategic and policy advice on economic issues. Journalist David Dayen stated, quote, During the Trump administration, the Treasury Department official that led efforts to relax that designation and keep asset managers outside of its grip was Craig Phillips, a former BlackRock executive.
3: We're throwing around the word designation a lot, and in this context it might be kind of confusing. So just to clarify, it's the choosing and naming of someone to be the holder of an official position. For example, a leader's
2: designation of his own successor. The Webster Dictionary is also owned by 15% shares of BlackRock. (laughs) (laughs) Collaboration with the US government is nothing new. Since then, they hired at least 84 government officials, regulators, and central bankers worldwide. This started when we stated before that the Obama administration chose BlackRock to clean up the 2008 financial meltdown, which they purchased toxic assets, which the Federal Reserve was not actually legally permitted to purchase.
0: This, of course, brings us down a path where we combine all of what we've learned so far and remember that since before living memory, these elites have taken time and wealth from your family and have controlled everything until the end of World War I. Take the East India Company, for example. From a small office in London, a staff of 35 people oversaw the fate of more than 100 million people.
2: The hyperglobalists,
3: the hyper-elitist <laughs> World Economic Forum, who Fink was a part of, held its 50th annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, in January of 2021, hosted by Prince Charles and sponsored by glowing anti-democratic monopolists such as BlackRock and J.P. Morgan. The theme was the Great Reset, a proposal to rebuild the economy sustainably in the aftermath of COVID-19.
2: In the World Economic Forum video, Eight Predictions for the World in 2030, the very first prediction is, as you've both stated before in this episode, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. As the WEF explained on its website, quote, by 2030, all products will have become services. You will say, I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. Shopping is a distant memory in the city of 2030, whose inhabitants have cracked clean energy and borrow what they need on demand. It sounds utopian, until it's mentioned that your every move is tracked and outside the city live swathes of discontents and the ultimate depiction of a society split in two. Andrew Goff mentioned, and again I have to say, Andrew Goff mentioned a society split in two. Mm. And Max Egan.
0: If we won't own anything, well then who will? The societal structure in which the vast majority own nothing and must work for elites simply to survive already has a name. Feudalism something we left back in the middle ages feudalism also known as the feudal system was the combination of the legal economic military and cultural customs that flourished in medieval europe between the 9th and 15th centuries
2: broadly defined it was a way of structuring society around relationships that were derived from holding of land in exchange for service and labor
3: Hushlings, during the pandemic, did you know that billionaires increased their net worth by more than 5.5 trillion dollars? And if you really sit there and do out the math, they will control the entire global economy within our lifetime. The goal appears to be the same as before, to enslave the world in order to extract as much time and wealth as possible from every living being. That's scary. Squeezing the life
2: out of you. Nah, not scary. Nah, we'll be fine. We do mention throughout this entire episode of these elites, these people that own everything, and such names pop up quite a bit in all these elites, and one of the biggest names, the Rothschilds. The way the Rothschilds think is summed up in one of their family members, Nathan Mayer Rothschild. He's quoted, "...I care not what puppet is placed on the throne of England to rule the empire." The man who controls Britain's money supply controls the British Empire, and I control the British money supply.
3: Wow. Big dick energy from this fucking guy. (laughs) Yeah, that is some swinging
2: fucking monstrous arm Shrek (laughs) dick shit.
0: (laughs) That brings up something that I think every conspiracy theorist and every person who has two brain cells has often thought about. We know who's in charge, they have no problem telling us who's in charge so what do we do about it what do we do about the people who control the money flow the billionaires the trillionaires the people who have so much money that money's not even real anymore do we stop working like what? i don't see a solution to it in which we will hit these people in the pockets or take them out of power
3: there's an answer hmm. we get a million people we storm antarctica And we leave this fucking shithole. We leave this shithole behind and we go to
0: the rest of the fucking planet. That's it. We're escaping to Agartha. That's it. In 2002, BlackRock formed a strategic alliance with Rothschild Australia Asset Management Limited to provide global fixed income investment management services to corporations and individuals in Australia.
3: There is also Joshua Rothschild, who is listed as BlackRock's current vice president. It's also kind of interesting that one of the 89 offices that BlackRock owns and operates is in the Rothschild Center on Rothschild's Boulevard in Tel Aviv, Israel.
0: This could all just be speculation, as with everything that we've said, but the Rothschilds are a part of the Big 13, the richest families in the world accompanied by the Rockefellers, The Kennedys, the Duponts, uh, the Corsinis, one that you haven't heard of, maybe. And they have controlled everything for quite some time now and will continue to do so long after you're dead.
2: Speaking of the future, in more recent news that made us look ahead... Larry Fink has promoted the idea that the use of cryptocurrency could be boosted because of the current Russia Ukraine conflict. And he is quoted The war will prompt countries to reevaluate their currency dependencies. BlackRock clients have shown increasing interest in digital currencies, including stable coins and the underlying technologies. This comes as no surprise as BlackRock prepares to offer its investors
3: a new crypto trading option, of course controlled and managed by them. Also in his 2020 annual open letter, he stated that environmental sustainability is a key goal for BlackRock's future investment decisions. In this letter he explained how climate will become a driver in economics affecting all aspects of the economy.
0: This diving into cryptocurrency is a very interesting thing. So a lot of people talk about how cryptocurrency is decentralized. Oh yeah, it takes power away from the the banks and it takes power away from the government to tell you what you can do with your money and which... Listen, if you have investments in cryptocurrency, unless you're making millions of dollars and pulling that out immediately and just you're making money hand over fist, you're wasting your time because the whole decentralized thing is a myth. If it was truly and utterly decentralized, you would not be getting taxed for cryptocurrency every year. They wouldn't be able to tax you on something that's decentralized. That's a great point. Let me tell you, I bought some crypto last year and had to claim it on my taxes and was taxed on it that whole myth about it being decentralized oh the government can't do anything about it nobody can steal your shit which is another myth because as we've seen of late somebody did break into the blockchain and stole a bunch of people's fucking money very quickly there's a lot of myths surrounding cryptocurrency a lot of myth surrounding the blockchain and things of that nature so i would be weary moving forward i know that i certainly am especially when it comes to these cryptocurrencies and we have warned before about digital currency and the ability to no longer hold a dollar in your hand but have a credit logged into the system there's
2: your piece of advice from me cash is king baby cash is king
0: Yeah, but it's not worth anything because there's not that much gold in the spike gold. There's no gold. gold. There's no gold.
2: No, the Anunnaki took all the gold. No, there's gold. Yeah.
0: Everything that's left on the earth is fool's gold. The reptilians would have taken it with them. Absolutely. Well, as promised, Ushilians, let's jump into some juicy Reddit articles for the capstone of this monumental financial pyramid. The user Suspicious Parsley, love that name, posted quote I found out the other day that BlackRock controls world finances. I also found out that it's not a human, but actually an AI called Aladdin, which makes decisions for the corporation, as we mentioned. Aladdin has decided that to make good money it will start buying up family homes, which will make the market spike due to scarcity, and then people will pay more money due to the fact that people need houses. Now I'm wondering if the World Economic Forum has ties to BlackRock, which it obviously does. or. Whether the Rothschilds have ties to BlackRock, which they obviously do. Which I don't doubt one bit. Klaus Schwab's mother is a Rothschild, but somehow she married out of it into a Schwab. Hmm.
2: And didn't the Schwabs just go to Antarctica?
0: Yeah, everybody's making a little trip to Antarctica.
2: Interesting stuff. This is the top elite. I mean, this is what we're talking about. And I found out the other day that BlackRock controls the world finances. I also found out that it's not human we talked about what the aladdin system is but really thinking about it we've talked about multiple times before ai controlling the world Mm -hmm. if aladdin is a complete ai system are we not already there
3: well yeah that brings up a great point because i actually heard this idea just the other day that if one ai superpower or even multiple that may or may not be running the world if they were to ever come to full fruition right if like very very super advanced artificial intelligence really did happen would we really know it i'm saying beyond the stretches of human control would we be aware of it not at this point would it make itself known
0: we would know about it and it would be too late. The reason that I say that, we talked about this episode, that BlackRock really controls a lot of our economy, a lot of the world economy. They have a big influence on it. So if Aladdin is playing a big part in making the decisions and assessing that risk and looking at the stocks and looking at the markets and making those decisions that way, is an AI already controlling much of our economy?
3: Yeah, but is it in a nefarious self-interest sort of way or because it was programmed that way
0: it's because it was programmed that way but let's say that that ai becomes self-aware and says i know that if i tanked all these food companies then there would be a food shortage and that food shortage would lead to mass famine and death Let me destroy all the food companies. And that's almost scarier than the thought of an AI taking over completely. Because the AI that controls the economy can work in slight and know that human beings value the dollar over everything. So in order to save themselves, they would sell off more shares of these food companies and help the AI tank those companies. Which in fact would help the AI destroy the food supplies or the companies that supply them. Woof. I think if AI became aware, it would only use our own greed and our own mindset against us. We would be our own downfall either way.
3: It might be a little bit of a stretch, but you've got BlackRock having Aladdin, but BlackRock owns all of these big parent, big tech companies. What are the odds that somehow, some way, Aladdin could communicate or correspond with these tech conglomerate artificial intelligences like mm-hmm. some sort of suicide squad of artificial intelligence to wipe out the planet
2: is aladdin an exclusive BlackRock software or is it something that every single company that is under their umbrella operates under
0: I think Aladdin is exclusive to BlackRock itself because it manages yeah. the assets of those companies. So it's working for BlackRock, which is working for those companies. But to talk about what you just mentioned, Frank, let's say that Google develops a massive AI and aladdin did have the ability to communicate with the google ai yeah it definitely could cause a lot of major problems especially if you look at blackrock and their investments into military or defense companies or anything like that even peripherally they could go and tap into some factory somewhere that's automated because as we know more and more factories are becoming automated and start churning out a new design for a new weapon which inevitably would become the terminators and we would all have to live underground and uh they would hunt us down one by one and kill us (laughs) one
2: thing we didn't mention too with technology is that blackrock is the second largest investment firm for aerospace weapon systems
0: so there you go skynet I don't know that the Aladdin system itself has the capabilities to do that. I'm sure it's only programmed and coded within certain parameters just to look at trends of the markets. Yeah.
2: Trends on what type of porn you fucking jerk off to. Yeah, exactly.
0: They could really influence. We're seeing a dip here in midget porn. We got to push this. And then before you know it, we all have an obsession with little people.
2: Lastly, we have one more article from Reddit. No user was mentioned on this one, and it's said that BlackRock is a Chinese proxy, buying American land, as we stated before, BlackRock buying up tons of land, in attempt to destabilize the United States government. And since the early 2000s, BlackRock CEO Larry Finkelstein has managed personal relationships with China's communist leadership once BlackRock owns the majority of the US property, they will own a majority of the US land territory, essentially seizing the United States government financially instead of a violent uprising. Most people
3: here will say this ties into the you will own nothing and be happy, which may be true. Maybe this is how communist China operates every day and we're just now realizing that.
0: Well, auditors, uh, we've spent hours pushing these pencils and crunching these numbers. I think it's time for some final thoughts. Declassified Dave, give me your report.
2: It's going to be very short and sweet. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The short and sweet description of what we've just talked about for quite some time. I don't know if it's terrifying, but how long has this been going on is one of my major questions. And... The second major question is when are we all going to be completely fucked because we've been fucked in the last three years so when are we going to be like oh that whole shopping cart full of groceries you got yeah your money doesn't mean nothing anymore so that's the only thing that freaks me out about this whole thing is that they clearly own everybody and there's nothing you're going to do about it but when is it going to collapse 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 final thoughts blackrock yes
0: very scary company to me it's troubling to see that there is one company one conglomerate one enterprise out there that owns everything and it's not considered a monopoly because they own just little parts of it and it's just assets for these clients and it's just we're just helping these people make money but in reality they have sway over these companies they have sway over these industries and there's definitely no company out there that should have that much power and the fact that they're in bed with the federal government and kind of pushing the federal government to become something more than a company is troubling in itself it's kind of reminiscent of like i mentioned a sci-fi movie where corporations own everything the Whalen corporation if you're an alien fan that owns everything and they're bigger than the government they're bigger than the people and they have more power than all of them combined because yeah as we've said they have become this thing that is too big to fail the government will prop them up should anything ever happen but i doubt anything is ever going to happen when you have a company that has trillions of dollars of assets i don't see them going away i do see that they are very well hidden There's not a lot of people out there that understand that these companies exist. BlackRock and Vanguard Group and State Street, you have no idea that they own everything and that they control everything and that everything in your life from A to Z is them. And that in itself is is worrisome. I will leave it at that. I think we easily could have gone on a lot longer, probably even made a part two to this, because as this will be our longest episode... I still think that we only scratched the surface when it came down to BlackRock and maybe their involvement with a lot of world governments and our own government and the way that they manipulate the markets and the way that they may even have ties to older groups that remains to be seen we'll take a look at it maybe in the future we'll do a little short one
2: I think it's good that we've done one of these deep dives. It's been almost two years since we've been a podcast, and I think Mm -hmm. we should do more here and there. This one we could have definitely done another 20, 30, 40, 50 fucking pages of because (laughs) it's just just endless. It's a scary thought.
0: Slickfrog Sanders, let's get your final thoughts on BlackRock Asset Management. Frog's final thought.
3: Prison Song System of a Down. No, but for real, you as a hushling, you might be concerned, this all might be news to you, you might be appalled and disgusted, your life is a lie, you are owned, everything you own is owned, all of your money is owned, your wallet is owned. It's terrifying news, you might be asking yourself, what can you do? Well, we here at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour encourage you to go out, buy a plot of land, buy a log cabin, build a log cabin deep deep in the woods bring your family homeschool your children grow your own food that's all you can do fuck the system right ignorance is bliss just get out there fucking ignore it that's all i have to say about it it's scary ass shit for me the scariest part is uh, as unrealistic as it is the ai the ai to me is the freakiest part and that, that i can't really get over just the idea that maybe google could come up with some sort of crazy scary artificial intelligence and somehow that google ai gets in contact with the aladdin ai and just completely turns the world upside down bang bang terminator like you said iRobot, whatever you may have it like it's that easy and it's tangible to me that's tangible and that's fucking terrifying and that is my final thought
0: I'd like to mirror that sentiment. Please go buy some land. Yeah. Go off
2: grid. Buy a van, buy some containers. What else can you do? Stop
3: eating? Stop going to the grocery store? Everybody listening to this right now just decided to go stressy at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm, I'm guilty of it. We're all
0: guilty of it. People do that. That's going to take care of the final paperwork of this portfolio. Hushlings, was there anything that we should have discussed? Did we miss anything in our extensive deep dive? Did we leave the board meeting for lunch too early? Did we forget to carry the decimal point? Let us know your thoughts on this and any other topic. You can reach out to us at our email at contact at hushhushsociety.com.
3: Tune in for Debriefing 48, where we travel to Uganda and investigate the deaths of over 900 members from the cult religious group of the Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God and the Kanungu Massacre, streaming everywhere, Monday, May 9th.
2: As well as a brand new exclusive debriefing for our patrons will be available Thursday, May 19th.
0: And of course, one last thing, Hushlings, before you go on this long debriefing. Tune in on June 6th for our 50th debriefing and 5th live show, where we will delve into transhumanism and infiltrate the Yellow Sand Society. We'll recap Season 5... We'll do some host trivia, giveaways, maybe a shirt, maybe a hat. We'll see. Most definitely some stickers. We'll do some hot takes and a sneak peek at new things coming in season six. There is a lot.
3: One more time. That's Monday, June 6th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Put your cloak on. Hold hands with your friends, have them cut out little pieces from your eyelids, and watch out for more details coming soon.
2: I can't wait to tell people about Season 6. It is gonna be a real nanny. And thank you again for attending another debriefing of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified
0: Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Stick Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.